this morning I want to speak a little bit about trials. Trials. James chapter 1, verse uh, chapter 2, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, 3, 12. Verse 2 uh, through 12. The people of James' day were Jewish converts uh, who had come to know the Messiah. And they were therefore outcasts among their own people. The Roman Empire had no place for them, uh, so persecution marked their lives. Their children were mugged and thrown out of schools. Their businesses were boycotted, and life was terrible, just humanly uh, speaking. Trials were regular. Not so surprisingly, James addresses those uh, dear people at the very beginning of his letter, saying to them, uh, there are purposes beyond uh, the immediate that I don't want you to miss. That's why he writes what he does uh, in these first early verses. And uh, let's, let's, let's read from verse 1. I'm going to read uh, for you from uh, James 1, beginning verse 2. Uh, uh, in this passage that talks about those times uh, when troubles come and stay. Uh, they don't come and leave. They uh, come and they multiply and they don't go away. Uh, we, we will read of that right here. Uh, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, uh, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when, you when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, uh, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be mature and complete, needing nothing. Uh, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person uh, with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of a sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Uh, believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a flower, like a little flower in the field. Uh, the hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls. Its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Amen. 
That's the word of God. The beautiful thing about scripture uh, is that it addresses the now. But helps us realize now is a very small part of the plan of God. His plan reaches into the past and certainly stretches into the future all the way into eternity. Where there are rewards such as uh, he names the crown of life for those who endure testing. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Uh, it is to you, Lord, we come and to no other. Uh, Peter says, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. So right here, Lord, uh, improve our hearing, we pray. Uh, may the uh, words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. You who are my rock and redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, I'm talking about problems. I know it's Christmas, and you are happy to rejoice, but the evil one also uh, sees the opportunity when we are so happy, and uh, uh, we think all our bases are covered, and all is just going well. But problems can be really weird. I mean, they, they can uh, happen so unexpectedly. And, and when you get in the middle of them, trying to fix them, they sometimes even get worse. And no matter what you do, they just stay around. They, they don't go away. Troubles don't just come, they get complicated. And when we try to fix them, they often uh, backfires on us. We all have known days when particular troubles happen, and even though we have the best of motives to fix, they get convoluted, and they seem to multiply and even get worse. Uh, Shakespeare had in mind in his work uh, a comedy of errors, where he refers to a wretched soul, a wretched soul bruised with adversity. Those bruises of adversity, by the way, don't always show up on our skin. Sometimes those bruises are deep down inside our hearts, residing within our emotions. The Bible doesn't overlook either physical or emotional bruises, Job writes, man is short-lived and full of turmoil. Like a flower, he comes forth and withers. The living Bible renders that beautifully. How frail is man. How few his days. How full of trouble. Now, Paul writes to the Corinthians, we are afflicted in every way. How do I know? Uh, if you read uh, text messages every morning from our prayer line, you realize 
We are the week where people are dying everywhere, every single day. And so Paul writes here and says, we are afflicted in every way. We are perplexed. The word means at a loss. We are confused. We don't know which way to turn. We are persecuted. We are struck down, but we are not knocked out. Thank God. David writes in the psalm, many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Bible speaks often of the bruises of the adversity of life. That is not only true in the uh, Victorian era, uh, that's true in this era today. As I look from raw to raw in this wonderful worship service in this tabernacle, I look into the faces of you who are worshipers, and I know that in many a heart uh, there is brokenness, there is sadness, there is a trial that is lingering that isn't yet resolved. You are living with it, and some of you are plagued by it. Most of us who read the letter of James uh, do not pause to realize that people uh, in the first century were also such individuals. They are uh, in a no man's land. Uh, these converted Jews, their own people had nothing to do with them because they believed in the Messiah. And they were greatly outnumbered by those who did not believe. Now, the Roman emperor despised them uh, in a standard uh, anti-Semitic attitude, and therefore persecution arose against them. And their businesses were boycotted, and the children of these converted Jews were thrown out of their schools. And their homes were confiscated, uh, and they were, as James Wright, they were scattered abroad like you would throw sand across the field. They were uh, away from the city they loved, Jerusalem. And out of the homeland uh, where they had been read, they grew up there, they belonged in Jerusalem, and now they were in a Roman a world with hearts that longed uh, to relief from the trials of life. When James writes to us and to them, all who are suffering, he answers three questions as he talks about trials. He deals first with uh, what's true about troubles. What can we say about troubles when they come? And secondly, he writes about how can we rise above them rather, uh, rather than live under the weight of them. And then thirdly, uh, when we have handled them as we should, what can we anticipate? What then? And so this is our study this morning. First of all, uh, what's true about trials? I need you to hear me now. What's true about trials? Uh, uh, let me pause and remind you. Uh, you who have Bibles, pay attention to the words. Uh, don't just listen to me as I give your, uh, your thoughts to think on. Uh, pay attention to the words. Uh, for example, uh, verse 2, the word when. 
when trials come, when uh, stands out, uh, is the answer to the first part of the question. What is true about trials? What is true about trials? Well, they are inevitable. Notice the term is not if trials come. No, when trials come. Because James says your brothers and sisters, in other words, he's saying your family. I'm going to tell you about this way ahead of time. Trials will come. And so they are inescapable. They are unavoidable. Interestingly, one of the characteristics of human nature is we try to go around them or get away from them or drink ourselves uh, into a place of being able to ignore them trials or maybe travel let's travel a little bit let's get away from them and there they are when we come back home waiting for us you can't get away from trials. That's why he says, brothers and sisters, when they come your way, because they will come. And let me mention here a word uh, that the living translation, for some reason, doesn't include. It should. Because the original Greek text has the word, is the word various. Maybe your version uh, that you are using includes it. Various trials come. All kinds of trials come. Some are inksome and irritable, and they sort of come and go. And, and, and more, more come in their place. Uh, some are deep and life-threatening. Uh, some are outward trials that uh, have happened to us, and some are inward uh, that happened within us. I'm talking about trials. I made a quick list of those outward trials in case uh, you uh, cannot distinguish. And my list is like this. Hardship, that's an outward trial. Grief, that's an outward trial. Disappointments, financial difficulties. Loss of job. Flat tires, broken arms and hips, and on and on the list goes on. The inward trials sometimes hit us much harder than those because they happen within uneasy feelings. Some of you right now are living with unresolved conflicts. You once were close to so-and-so, and now there's a distance. That's a trial. You once were good friends, and now you hardly, are in ch you hardly are in touch with each other. And you are not really sure what happened. But there's that distance, uneasy feeling. There are strained relationships that follow that. Feelings of rejection, being misunderstood, feeling insecure, battles of the flesh, greed, Lust, anger to the point of rage, imaginations, and dozens of other various kinds of trials that come. Trials, they are inevitable. B but the second I want you to observe is that they have a purpose. 
All trials comes with a purpose in mind. We are not just accidentally thrown on stage uh, uh, of life and, and left to fend for ourselves uh, as God goes about his business of running the things of heaven. No, no, no. Those things that okay to us are all part of his plan. Please observe as you read through these verses. When troubles comes your way, it is an opportunity for you to view them with a positive spirit, considering it a great joy. For you know that your faith is tested. A trial, hear me now, a trial is a faith test. And your endurance is given a chance to grow. And James has the audacity to say, let it grow. Let it grow. Don't look for a way out or is way out of your trials. Let it linger. Learn from it. And as a result, our maturity is developed. I've learned in life as I look back over the years, uh, the value of the pain of yesterday. That's where lessons were learned. Sometimes through failures of my own, sometimes through situations I caused. Often through situations where I was a victim of something or someone, someone else, and it happened to me, not because of me, but I learned from that and I've matured through that and they're all uh, purposeful. That gives a new dimension to trials. Rather than seeing them as things you could have avoided, if you would have paid better attention, wait, 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 I'm not sure. Maybe on a few occasions, but more often than not, I wanna tell you that uh, trials they are planned. They are planned for you. They are planned by a loving heavenly father whose plan is broad and stretches way beyond your present moment. He knows what's ahead, way ahead of time. I love the way the Living Bible renders these first two verses. When all kinds of trials and temptation Crowd into your life, my brothers and sisters. Don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. Let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed and you will find that you have become men and women of mature character with the right sort of independence. How much better than asking? Many of us, when we go through stuff, what do we say? Why has this happened to me? Isn't, isn't it what we say? Please talk to me. Why has this happened to me? Why did this happen to me? And, and rather, the question is, what is there in this I have to learn? What is there that God's teaching me uh, in this journey called the Christian life, which includes the inevitability of trials that are purposeful. They are purposeful 
in your life. Now, now then, to move ahead, how can we live above them? How can we live above them? Now that we understand that the trials are inevitable and they are purposeful, how can I climb above them and stay on top of them so that I'm able to go through them without dragging me down? Well, let me have you notice four words. Four words that are woven uh, into the fabric of the scriptures. First is the word consider. Consider. Look at verse 2. Consider it all joy. Interestingly, the Greek, the Greek sentence here, verse 2, begins all joy. Isn't that interesting? Now, it's not a laughing joy. You, know, you can't smile when you're going through trouble uh, when you're suffering. You, you can't smile. That will be silly. And that will be inappropriate. It's a deep-seated, uh, positive spirit. It's a depth of understanding that says there's a reason for this. And if I could know my God better, if I could understand better why this is happening, it would help me know myself so much better. I wonder what the, his purpose is in this. So consider is the first word. Look at verse 3. Look at the word no. No. In verse 3, it reads, For you know that when your faith is tested, by knowing that you are better able to consider, to consider it with a positive spirit. Knowing that this is deepening your faith and that it is increasing your endurance and it is enhancing your character and it is building your maturity. But let me add, all of it comes to us on the platform of trials. What we would not have chosen and often what we would never have expected. It's painful but it's valuable. Now, the third word is in verse 5. Look at it. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. The word is ask. Ask, but it's preceded by the reason you are asking. It, it's something you and I were not born with. So we have to ask. We, we don't inherit it. We cannot take a course at, uh, in school or at school, not even a graduate school that teaches wisdom. Nobody teaches wisdom. We don't get it necessarily by ne being next to somebody else who, who is wise. Though that may benefit us, wisdom is housed in the mind of God. And he is willing to share it with us at those times when we need it the most. In fact, I love the way it reads, if you need wisdom, and let me interrupt by adding, wisdom is looking at life from God's point of view. That is why we have a church school. And why we come to church so we learn to look at things in life from God's point of view. And yet I know uh, the education here is not cheap. Because the wisdom that you get from this place 
Uh, you can't get it in the public square. Uh, you cannot get this on social media. Uh, you can't get this even on the, uh, on the news. Uh, this wisdom only comes through the scriptures. All of it is with our God. That's why we have to him and ask. And because uh, uh, maybe I'm shy of the needed wisdom or maybe uh, uh, perspective on life, uh, I go before him uh, this is the way I handle it myself. Lord, I am in the midst of a mess. Uh, it's a situation, uh, part of which I caused, uh, and part of which I didn't, but I'm here. Uh, and it has brought uh, maybe loss or headache or a feeling of failure or disappointment to myself and to others. So I need you to enable me to see through your perspective what I can learn through this. Help me, Lord, to glean from this experience your perspective on this situation. Help me to see what's okayed and perhaps by your grace why it happened so that I might grow in an understanding of it. I need your wisdom because I don't have it in myself. Our past and current trials shaped us to become the person we are today. There's no reason a trial should ever go to waste. I repeat that. There's no reason a trial should ever go to waste. The secret is asking for the wisdom you need to get you through the events of the adversity. There's one more word, and it is the word endure. Endurance, endure. That appears several times through this passage. Endure, it means to abide, to remain. You put the words together, it means to remain under. It was used to describe a, a mule or a donkey before uh, your long track or journey that you were going to take. And, and you loaded the animal down uh, with the weight of those things you were carrying. And the animal on its four legs would remain under beneath the Lord would abide under. That is what we are called to do in trials. We are still supposed to abide. We see the word, we read of God's cultivating character in us and maturity through us. And when we take the trials as they come, and rather than grousing about them, complaining about them, and then making other people miserable because of our trial, we endure and go through it with a sense of satisfaction that God is at work. He says a word to the poor, and he says a word to the rich. It's all designed to bring it all to balance. Regardless of your financial status, you will be leveled at the same level, and trials do that to us. And when we endure them, there is so much to be learned and gained from it. You get the point. God blesses us 
as we are, as a result, recipients of those blessings. That brings me to the third question. When we have handled our troubles as we should, what then? What then? Well, the secret uh, is understanding verse 12. Look again at your passage. God blesses those who patiently endure. That's our word again. Abide under trials. God blesses those who patiently endure. So immediately, there's a sense of inner peace when you handle trials God's way rather than in the flesh. There's a sense of satisfaction, uh, which is called the, the, here the blessings from God. And, and, and we realize that the benefits will be ours long term, even though at the present time, adversity is our lot. And then afterward, look closely, verse 12. He says, afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who, who love him. What a promise. Are you aware that we shall stand before our Lord for the time of rewards by his grace? That there are literal crowns that he has set aside for us. Five are named in the New Testament Five crowns, the imperishable crown, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. And then there is the crown of exaltation, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. Then there is the crown of righteousness. Paul mentions on, this last, on his last writings uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the crown of righteousness. And he he. Uh, and here is the crown of life, promised, promised to those who endure testing. And then the final is the crown of glory. Peter mentioned that in First, first, first Peter 5, verse 4, five different crowns. There's an old song, will there be any stars in my crown? The Bible never speaks of stars in crowns. That's a little uh, imaginative writing from a songwriter. But it does speak of crowns. It does speak of crowns. These are crowns that are earned, if you will, by handling life God's way. I began this message by referring uh, to a wretched soul bruised with adversity. Outward bruises, inward bruises, deep scars, painful times, seasons, mo seasons changing, more than you can bear. But it's so much needed in our growth. I would wish for us all, all of us, that we will become wiser through adversity. Some years ago, a man named Andre was going through a very difficult time, painful time in his life. You who were living at the time and remember some of the songs he left us will remember one of them, especially he wrote it in the late 60s, early 70s.
And the old lyrics are just not sung anymore, regrettably. Although I often think uh, it would be wonderful to sing them as a congregation, and, and, and perhaps we will, uh, we will in the days ahead. He calls his song, Through It All. Not the title, Through It All. Listen to the lyrics. I have had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, here's the wisdom. Here's the wisdom. God gave blessed consolation. That my trials come to only make me strong. I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I did never had a problem, I did never know that he could solve them. I did never know what faith in God could do. And then the chorus, through it all, through it all, through it all. So I, I know you send your children to Christian schools, I know. And it's, it's not free. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, uh, it can be a hardship just to, uh, to pay school fees. But you do it because there is godly wisdom. And that's what you're looking for. He says, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I have learned to trust in God. When I was putting this message together, I knew I should talk about my favorite subject. It's talking about Jesus and the resurrection. It's talking about the cross. I love to read from Philippians, uh, Thessalonians chapter 2.10. I like to talk about the Lordship of Christ. It comes easy for me. But when I look at our, our prayer uh, 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 text message, people dying, families are so much in pain. I just came by to remind you that through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Would you this morning, like I said, I don't know what is going through you and your life, but I need you to leave this place singing. I've learned to depend upon his word. I really don't know where you are today in your journey. There's no way I could know with a group this size. And I don't need to know. I can assure you, God knows. And he is deliberately leading you through it. I urge you to let him, I urge you to let it run its course. I, I, I urge you to let it be. Uh, he already knows. Take it as it is. Seek his mind as you ask for wisdom, and he'll give. And approach it knowing that he is at work, bringing you a depth in life 
that you would otherwise miss. And, and, and if you have never trusted in Christ, listen to me. If you have never trusted in Christ, that is the place to begin. Maybe the trials has come to make you aware that you can't handle life on your own. You need a savior. You need a savior. And I'm going to ask you this morning, if you need a savior, please raise your hands. The savior says, come to me. Would you come to him this morning? Would you? If you can, do you mind we all stand up as we pray? Let's bow our heads as we pray. Through it all, through it all, we have learned to trust in Jesus. We have learned to trust in God. We have learned to depend upon his word. Thank you, dear Lord, for never leaving us or walking away from us and abandoning us. I pray for those who hear these words today, going through a very painful time in their life, that you would remind them that you are at work and trials has a purpose and your plan is unfolding even this day. And bring us to a sense of reassurance as we trust you, you while going through it all. I pray this in the name of Jesus for his sake alone. Amen.